Hello and welcome to the third exciting instalment of A Drink With Walt. I am here at the Chalk Valley History Festival. You can probably hear a slightly tedious fiddler in the background. Um, with my good friend Paul Bavel. Uh, Paul is one of those reenactor people who walks around the Chalk Valley History Festival wearing a succession of different outfits and uniforms um, and... and you know, he's part of what's called what the living history element yep. of the history festival. And um, first of all, the most important thing is we're having a drink at the bar, which is put together by Gardner and Beadle, who are a really good wine shop in Tisbury. Not paid to say that they just are. And are. I am drinking a pint of IPA. And what are you drinking? I'm also drinking the same. A pint of I know you're a Yorkshireman, uh, Paul. Yeah. Uh, IPA is allowed in Yorkshire, is it? Is it? Oh yes, yeah. You know when we can afford it. Well, we can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, obviously I bought you the drink. Because yeah. of the, the more, no, actually, it's, do you know what? I don't think the beer's too expensive. Um, yeah. Considering yeah, you're I'm in a pub com- in the middle of a field. Confession here, I haven't bought one all week yet. So. Okay, I heard Yorkshireman were tight as well. <laughs> okay, yeah. all the cliches are coming out. Yeah. I can say this because my grandfather was uh, from Hull. So yeah, a couple of was invented by me and my father fighting over a penny. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, we go, there we go, there we go. So, a little bit more about Paul. So, Paul is a... Um, He's a reenactor, and I remember when I was doing the, his fest about four or five years ago, um, in his, was viewing, um, he was doctor and I'll bring his crew here because there were lots of people like Paul, you know, walking around wearing you know different uniforms and different periods, different historical. Now, what are you wearing at the moment? I, I should describe <laughs> it to people. Well, why don't you describe it? What are you wearing here? Uh, what I'm wearing is kind of early 19th century clothing, uh, which is a very flouncy, somewhat, as you can see, grubby and soiled shirt. And, yes. Uh, and sort of trousers and sturdy boots and this little neckerchief stroke cravat hair that you're looking very dashing giving Peter Cathic Adams a run for his yeah, 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 yeah. oh yeah. yeah yeah bless Peter I hope he's recovering well from his quintuple heart bypass whatever yes. it was but yeah you're looking very dandyish um, well I shouldn't be because what I've actually been doing is a demonstration of how to snatch a body okay okay so I remember introducing that last year so that is so you you and now uh, regrettably your partner in crime Kyle Glover can't join us now because he's yeah, a lightweight likewise well, he's not a lightweight at all but we have literally two hours ago just had both him and uh, my other partner in crime Rory Ware oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. they have been in full 15th century harness of armour smacking 10 bells of shit out of each other in this heat Okay, it's 26 uh, degrees takes, and it's 10 to 7. So, yeah, it yeah, takes in some evening. recovering from, does that? Yeah, so, right, so. so they, uh, they, they're invited, but they are... That's fine, that's fine. Go, it's, you, you, it just means I get you. You're a, you're a cheap date, so that's fine. <laughs> Your group is called um, Foreign Field Living History Group. Yes. Yep. So how long has that been going for? 12 years now, which is wow. making me really feel my age. Um, Rory was the youngest member of the group, and he joined when he was... 20, I uh, know, joined when he was 18. Well, yeah, okay, and how old is Rory now then? So he's, uh, he's, he's, uh, uh, he's approaching 30. He's approaching 30. And you do obviously body snatching earlier on, knights in armour earlier yep. on. I've seen you do dueling. Yep. I've seen you do. I think I've seen you as a paratrooper. I mean, the Second World War paratrooper. Yeah, you yes. were insistent on that bloody entrenching tool. Yeah, 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 the entrenching that. tool. So, and I, so I first met Paul when I was sort of introducing his talks and interviewing him live as he's doing them. And I, I think that my role rapidly was obviously redundant because Paul's a good speaker. But I, I, I want us to come back to, you know, Thing about his lop and him being fascinated by the reenactors. Obviously, you know, you look great. So, for you know, if you're a TV producer, you go, well, film him, film that person, film that woman. They all look great. How do you start doing it? Well, 
I would say there's a there's a couple of steps first of all uh, is number one you want to realize that historical reenactment or living history or however you want to phrase it it's not a hobby it's a lifestyle choice it is going to take over your life we, we, wow, have, we really? often say to people get your kids into reenactment because they will never be able to afford drugs <laughs> okay it is it, it is it's an, it's a cheap thing to carry on doing but it's an expensive thing to start doing because, because of you, just buying the kit? Because of just buying the kit and making sure, because you're working for a lot of museums and you're working for a lot of historians with historians like yourself and, you know, James and all the others that we've got here, you know, they're going to be looking for things to actually be right. You know, if any, anybody on this site who is an expert in 19th century fashion should be coming up to me and not picking holes in what I'm wearing. So the only thing that is is wrong is, is your ID wristband yeah, for the festival. Wristband. And that's it. Everything else is... Yeah, from from your from your boots to your your neckerchief yep. to your braces, even that's all. But you know, those braces aren't you know they're not elasticated. They look the absolute. They look the part. They look, yeah. they look good as well. Yeah, I'll we obviously take a picture of you and I'll put it so people you know if you are listening to podcasts, just go to my Substack and then you can see various pictures of Paul, which I will take to annoy him. <laughs> uh, so yes, but let's go back to that point. You were saying that it, it's it is a kind of lifestyle choice. It, it's like suddenly deciding. Yeah, you, you're coming out as a reenactor. Yeah. This is something that's going to be with you. This is something that's going to keep going with you forever, right? Yeah, pretty much as long as you enjoy it. I mean, no people come into it, people come out of it. I would say if you wanted to become a reenactor, the the best place to start is keep going to events, go to museums, look out. People have living history days. People have 1940s weekends. People have Victorian weekends. People have Georgian weekends. Uh, at all the big sort of museums and areas you go and see the interpreters that are in places like the Royal Armouries or yeah. the National Army Museum or the Imperial War Museum uh, and so forth they they will use living history groups of varying degrees of either right. size or quality and talk to the reenactors because most reenactment groups will want to recruit people most of the larger like the English Civil War guys that we've got you're there, always you looking for English new flesh yeah they always yeah. are I mean we we're, we're a kind of three man display team that are just three guys that are three friends and you, we don't Carl recruit. and Rory right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but pretty much every other reenactment group uh, in the country is going to look to take in new members uh, oh, where okay. they can so you just get out into museums and, uh, and you talk to them and then you start it up you go to a few events most groups will kick you out for the first couple of events and then they want to start you get your own stuff if you're going to stick around okay so so the, the, the normal thing is and then say say you were going to Okay, would you have room, say, uh, in, in your little organisation, Foreign Field, would you have room for now a fourth member? You know, if no. I said to you, no, no, not even me. Not even you. No, no we, um, we actually, we did recruit a fourth member once and it just didn't work for us. Okay, uh, just well, didn't well, 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 cast a veil over that sorry yeah. episode, if indeed it was. But I, It wasn't, it was just that we're, we're a very specific style of group and that's not what that lad wanted to do. Uh, and when he came in and he realised that, no, what, it, what he wanted to do was he wanted to do the Second World War paratrooper stuff. He wasn't interested in doing the body snatching stuff and the dual stuff. And, uh, and the things that we come and do at like, the biggest events that we go to, which is the mainstay of how we get hired and right. how we finance Right, I here at, uh, at Britain's biggest history festival. Yeah. You, 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 how many years have you done this one? Uh, this is my fifth year and my fourth festival. Right, OK, got it. And it's... And it's so you... So you rock up, so people will... So if you want to do, say, some Second World War reenacting, someone will give you a uniform and a rifle and you just got to look like a, you know, whatever yeah. it is, as a sort of soldier. And then and then you can you, you can sort of take it from there, right? And then you've got to start investing in this kit. Yeah. 
That costs you money. So you've got to have a job. I mean, you've got a normal life outside this, right? Uh, I'm led to believe, yes. Although the I mean, you've got a proper job. Can you, are you going to tell me what your proper job is briefly? Um, my, my proper job is I'm a welfare rights advisor stroke disability rights advocate. So In Yorkshire? In, 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 in Yorkshire, yeah. yeah. In, uh, in, in per Leeds City Council, to be precise. And my job is, essentially, if you get declined a disability benefit, you come to me and I represent you to tribunals and put forward the legal case where you should have that. So it's all the fun and joy of being a lawyer without any of the salary that goes with it. <laughs> okay, so, you know? so that is obviously clearly a grown-up job, it's an important job, it's a responsible job, and it's a job for someone who is a, 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 a compassionate and empathetic human being that I know you to be. I'm very and this is what I want to try and help you, you know, build away from this idea that reenactors are nerds and geeks and weirdos. You're all social misfits. I have to challenge you now, Walters. You're absolutely on the money with that. You know, we, uh, we yeah, we we are nerds. We are misfits. We are geeks. Who in the world isn't? Yes. Okay. We've there all are got people our, out yeah. there that collect buttons. There are people out there that collect football programs. There are people that go to football matches. There are people that go follow rugby teams. You know, I, and so forth. Everybody has their thing. Everybody is a weirdo in their own way. This is just mine, and I use my weirdness to teach other people about historical weirdness. I, I know, no, no, and, <laughs> and, and, and frankly, bring that on. But I think that's the normal sort of come. Sometimes is that sort of knee-jerk reaction that some people have uh, when they see a reenactor. And I was just talking to a friend yesterday. I had a pint, and uh, yesterday with a mate uh, who remained nameless, and he said he heard two reenactors. They weren't being listened to by anybody. They weren't on stage, or you know, as it were, and they were still just the two of them in role talking about the war and, and, and he just sort of went yeah alright that's I mean you know, do, do you find yourself going down that path or when no. you and Kyle and Rory are just you just sit down and talk like people from 2022 right? yes yes so yeah we've got we, we always say like we, we, we will display these periods of history we will display these things but we've got no plans to live it right one thing we do try and do is if we're going to talk about it we like to get as close as we can to actually having experienced it right okay so that, that, again, okay that sounds you go back to when when you first met us and we're doing the paratrooper stuff of the second yes. world war and we were talking about the little click of cricket things that we uh, that we have and you use them to locate your yeah 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 and so forth. Oh, in the wake of d-day yeah yeah, 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 yeah. and so forth so we we actually uh, we were at an event at sherwood forest once and we thought well let's try this and this is this is our nerdy moment because when everybody else was settling down into a good beer tent and having a raucous time around their respective campfires uh, we were all piled in the back of my estate car in full para gear and dropped at like <laughs> dropped at one third of a mile in di distances in Sherwood Forest, attempting to find each other without being seen by anybody. With else. these little clickers yeah. that the, the paratroopers use. Yeah, and, it and us, did it work? Uh, it took us about three quarters of an hour to uh, to actually meet up, which is about standard for the parachute regiment reforming. Right, but then when you then give your talk you can say we've actually yeah. tried this yeah, and it really like works yeah yeah, yeah 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 we came down here and tested out the audible range of those clickers as well and they'll go about 200 300 yards and we sat in this field seeing how far we could go back and still hear each other just 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 quickly explain what those clickers were just in parentheses so they're a little box they're actually a 1940s children's toy that just clicks those little um, metal bits of sprung yeah. metal that, if you yeah, watch yeah. the longest day you will see the sound of the clicker but it sounds nothing like the gun, which is the bit I really hated the longest yeah. day, where they, yeah, yeah, uh, where yeah, they do yeah, that, yeah. yeah, kills him because he gets confused. Oh no, it's James Holland. You're walking into a live podcast recording with Paul Bavel. Are you doing it right no, now? It's fine. Yeah, you do it right now. How are you, Jim? Are you recording right now? Yeah, I'm recording right now. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, fuck off. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. No, I've no, even talked. No, no, no. Um, just say hello. Just If you can just say hello to Guy's lovely followers on Substack. 
Uh, hello to guys, lovely followers on Substack. Right, now you can piss off. Okay, I'll leave you there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I uh, was so rudely interrupted by the chairman of the, of the entire yeah, festival. Yeah, the director I know, of the festival, That went yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, so those little kickers. So that worked, but, okay, so that's fine. So on one level you can go, okay, quite strange to grow men to drive around in the state car in parachute uniforms flickers. But, saying that, everyone's got their sort of thing. Yeah. And actually, what you're then doing is you're then relaying, you're then saying, did that really work? And we've just seen Jim here write books about this stuff. And then, you know, I know that James goes yeah. to weaponry. Yeah, what's Jim always saying? Yeah. Got to walk the ground. Got to walk the ground. You are. Yeah. Da- that is walking the ground. Yeah. Doing the clickers is walking the ground. Yeah. In a different and way. you as a historian, you can, you, you can get yourself into a library or an archive and you will sit and read through a whole load of files. And this is actually not too far removed from that because what we get is we get a piece of information, but instead of reading about it to verify it, what we'll do is we will read about it to verify it, but then we'll go and try it. Yes, exactly. And, yeah. that's, and that's the point. So actually, what you're doing is actually you are... Everyone thinks that... He, cliche image of a historian is you know man with tweed jacket and pipe and leather arm uh, patches on his elbows researching in an archive yeah okay well, obviously that 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 is dead and there are so many different ways of being a historian and this really occurred to me uh when um nice chap um uh dan hit no not dan hill what's he called oh god dan give me a clue there's a lot no, of dan hill. it is dan hill it's dan hill I always call him Andy Hill because I've got a friend whose uh, dad is called Andy Hill. Dan Hill. And he um, does uh, online talks. He does Tours First World War. And he sort of got me along to um, to talk at a uh, university uh, just north of London. And it, it struck me that, you know, he, he makes, you know, a good living you know, doing a different type of history. He gets yep. presenters along. He presents his own stuff online. You know, I do books and telly and journalism, sort of historically based. Jim does a lot of books at the festival. You do the reenacting. I know that you've got some written projects you want to do as well. Yep. So there, there's so many ways of being a historian rather than just writing a history book. And yes. you're one of them. And you're doing that. And you're, and then you're also saying, well, I've now shown that actually these clicker things did work because we've yep. only got people's work for it. Yeah, we can, you know, we, and it's terrifying. Where, when you actually try and go into that, and I wasn't even being shot at, it was absolutely petrified. But you, and, and so many angles to history. I mean, the, we, we actually re, we recorded a podcast ourselves. Yes. And uh, one of the guests that we said... All of Paul's stuff is on the Substack, so all the links are there. If, you, if you're listening and you, you want to know more about it, just just, just click on the yeah, Substack we have post. Po- we have a podcast called History Rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, fine. it's great, even if I do say so myself. Yeah, it is good. But it's one good. of our guests there said that he, he thought that like writing history books was potentially on its way out because you've got access to history through YouTube channels, you've got access to history through yeah. podcasts, you've got access to history through, well, you'll know, dedicated TV channels for it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, yesterday, you're talking to yesterday's man. man. Yeah, okay. everything uh, I know about <laughs> war factories, I know from you. Yes. Okay, and I, I, so you, you, you're doing that, and I and, and I think this is it, and this is the serious point that, that re, through reenactment you begin. It is serious historical inquiry. Um, do you feel, as well as just the clickers, that any other examples that you have? You know, maybe when you did the body snatching or the dueling, you suddenly realised actually this is I'm learning something here. Yeah. And I can, is there something you feel you've discovered in, in any of those things? Um, well, certainly in terms of the body snatch, we we we've tested it. 
because what we've done is again you find a source that says well this is how it was done now, of course not how everybody does it but this is like the, the efficient way of doing it if you want to get a body out of the ground and be gone inside of half an hour because you're doing it illegally you, you don't want to be digging an entire grave out and lifting a coffin out and so forth so there was actually a method that they would use where they would just break open the head end and yes. then they would kind of wrap a rope or some form of like fabric and sling around the shoulders around the arms and, and so you could literally just pull the body out of the ground like so and then you deal with a small hole fill that back in don't do one and and that got fascinating and then i picked up so you the, tried that obviously we tried well i mean we uh, we didn't try it with a real dead body in a graveyard i will throw that out there to everybody okay um, uh, you disappoint me Paul. we we've done it you know from a coffin with a buried resuscitation doll um, we have also... Which you uh, drive around in your boot. Yes. Because you you're see, normal. You want to see the photographs <laughs> of me loading that into the back of my car. This is why nobody comes near my house on Halloween. Um, so, but, so you've... Yeah, so, but obviously, that. so you... you but the, you, what you're doing is... A, you, 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 we, we read about these things happening, but you're trying this stuff out. So this is proof of concept stuff, isn't it? Saying, yeah. can you get a body out of a grave by hitching some fabric or rope around it... Yeah, yeah armpits, is it whatever. Can you do it? Can yes. two guys lift it? We tried it by putting Kyle on the floor and seeing if we could lift him up in the same way, and we could. Effortless. Really? Yes. And Kyle is probably what? He's probably he's quite a slim chap, probably like 11, 11 and a half stone, something like that, right? Yeah, something like that. But it didn't take a lot of effort for two of us to just pull him to an upright position. That, so, so, you've, uh, so, so you, you've proved reenacted body snatching. Yeah, in like a way that. that you can never get in a history book. And what did you learn through the dueling, doing the dueling? You've just um, been... Well, the dueling, the dueling was an interesting one. And this uh, is like classic men in britches dueling. Yeah? Oh, yes, this is absolutely... Hello, pist- chaps. Pistols at dawn yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, sort Mr. of nonsense. Mr. Ptolemy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was less what I learned about reenacting dueling. Um, because, I mean, reenacting dueling is fairly, fairly straightforward. You know, all you're doing is pointing a gun at somebody and shooting and possibly yeah. hoping that you hit them. But it was interesting. So I came at dueling from the angle of... I, I wasn't a historian. I don't even have a history GCSE. I, Do you have any GCSEs, I, I have plenty of Are GCSEs. Are you young enough to have done GCSEs? Yeah, I'm, I'm just young enough to have done uh, GCSEs, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I definitely, my history teacher told me that I Yeah, we're not. very well. We're now doing a live recording of podcast, and here's our friend Martin Cook, sorry, who is... No, 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 it's fine. Well, Jim Holland's already interrupted him. We told him. <laughs> uh, so, Martin, uh, you are one of the best photographers on site. No, the best photographer on site. And I want you to say welcome to all of Guy's fellow uh, followers on Substack. Very welcome to all of guys followers on Substack. That's obviously. exactly that's exactly what you need to say. And obviously, it's the best Substack in the world, and you're the best photographer in the world. Obviously, I'm the best one here because they've all gone. <laughs> okay, I'll leave with your. Um... Anyway, it's good. Can you take a picture of us as we yes, record? Come on, let's do it. Thank you so much, Martin. Um, uh, remind me of your Twitter feed. Um, Martin James Cook on Twitter. Brilliant photographer. Uh, if you like seeing pictures of deer in bluebells, he's the man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Martin lives around here and he's got a day job as a very grown up uh, hospital consultant as well. He's a dear friend who can't make my bull party this year, which is much more annoying. Anyway, it's a shame. Um, anyway, we were much ruder to Jim, weren't we, than Martin? We were, we were nicer to yes. Martin. We were nicer to Martin. And uh, this is it. This is the point about drinking wall. We are in a public space having a drink, and people come up and, and they see us. And they, yeah. We're they, popular guys. We're, we're, exactly that. We're, what were we talking about? We were talking about dueling and what we Dueling, yeah, out. what you yeah. about dueling, yeah. Um, so, as I said, I don't have a history GCSE. I didn't approach dueling as a historian. I approached dueling as a scientist. Oh, okay. And I started, when I look at dueling, the first thing you think about pistol duel in the 19th century is that does not make sense. 
because, because everyone's going to die. You, yeah. yeah. And why Wait, would you do why, it? Why would it? Some trivial comment about whether or not you're wearing your cravat correctly yeah, results exactly. in or, or two you... people shooting each other in Hyde Park. It just doesn't make sense. So I set out to try and make sense of dueling. And then I started, then I start to look into this. And then the more you tug at this thread, the more interesting and bizarre it becomes. And it will never make 100% sense. But, for example, what I saw then is like, most of our duelists are military officers, army officers. Right. Well, then when you look into the, you, know, you want to look, how do you get into the army in 19th century? Particularly yeah. if you're like the upper middle class chap such as yourself. You, you purchase a commission. You, you purchase a commission or your father purchases a commission. Yeah, daddy, daddy's you, money you, probably an, does. Are, yeah, yeah. are you an only child? Are you? I have a younger brother. Hi, Dom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, have yeah. an older brother? I don't. I'm, oh, I'm, so I'm, you're the oldest one. So you're the one that's going to inherit something. Uh, under under those type of rules, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. so your younger brother Dom, his route to actually maintaining a personal fortune in a dynasty of his own is potentially to do it through the military. Yes, absolutely. So, Daddy buys him a commission for £350 or about £8,000 in today's money, yep. and then he fights with blue blazers and glory and serves king and country with distinction, getting promoted from ensign all the way up to lieutenant colonel, and then he decides he's going to retire, and he can sell that for the equivalent of about half a million today. Okay, okay. And, but the thing is, if the army consider you to be a coward, they cashier you out and keep the money, and then you're done. Uh, you've got no skills, of course. You've, yeah, got, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got no income left. You've lost your job. You've probably lost your home. Your family's disowned you because you're a coward, and your marriage prospects are in the ground. You can't even marry into money. Now, no, so, now, so there, totally where that implication <laughs> comes around that you might be a coward, at that point you might step up and risk your life to defend that. And of course by turning up to a duel, calling somebody out and then turning up to a duel, what are you proving? Not a coward! Okay, it's, so it's, yeah. a of, it's a bit of small man syndrome, it's, isn't it's, it? It's all about what everybody else thinks about you. So when they talk about your duel over honour, they're, they're right, but they don't use the same term honour in the same way that we do what they're talking about is reputation and you're see what you're doing is you're safeguarding your reputation because your reputation in 19th century upper middle class england is your life yes absolutely absolutely you know if you're a politician you don't get paid so you need you're only going to get paid if you're foreign secretary or under secretary for india and her dominions and so forth you need patronage you need appointing to those positions if you've got a bad reputation you're not getting any of the cushy jobs so you want to keep. So that. this is, and then, and then with the actual sort of physical act of the duel, this is something that I mean, was it really? I mean, I, I, again, I'm not doing too much detail, but that was really. But do people really do you know flint locks you know, 30, 30 feet apart, thirty feet yards apart, uh, whatever yes. it was? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the, that that's the standard. You know, the actual distances vary and things like that. They're agreed by the various seconds and things like that. You get absolutely insane duels, though, anything, you know, where anything goes, providing it's been agreed. You know, my most extreme example, I think, is a duel fought. Um, struggling on the day, I think it's 1806. All right, all right, well, we'll obviously check that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do, do not quote me. It's going to be fully, fully vetted, this Don't, don't tag me on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. you're totally but wrong. But it's a, a, it's a Parisian duel fought between a Monsieur Grand Prix and a Monsieur Piquet, and I love this duel, because uh, they're two Parisian academics, uh, and they consider themselves to think on an elevated plane, so they feel that they should settle their score on an elevated plane. 
uh, that elevated plane. Their duelist fought uh, 2,000 feet above the feet rooftops of Paris in hot air balloons oh, with no. blunderbusses. No yes. way! It's like magnificent yeah. men and their flying machines. Exactly, yes. That literally is true. That That's literally, I've got newspaper reports oh my God. that tell, tell me of that duel. Well, no, I, I, I just think that people need to find out what happened. They can look that one up. Yeah, they should do it. So the, uh, I mean, it's syndicated all over the area. I found it in the Northampton Mercury. Okay, if people want to search for that, let's not give it away what happens. What should they search for? Uh, well, you can say, I would say search for, um, you, if you search for Paris and Duel and Balloon on the British That should do it. Archive, that should do it. it. That yeah. should do it. I mean, well, it's a real duel. And, and then what else are you reenacting, you know, here at the festival? Oh, well, we've got the paratroopers back. Uh, a new one today that Annabelle will love. Uh, this the, is Mrs. Walters, Annabelle yeah. Benning, yeah. Uh, so uh, the malaria emergency. Ah, oh, yes. Excellent. So you're reenacting that. Well, let's let's reenacting and more dropping all the kit on and talking about the experiences of the national servicemen. Because of course, nine out of ten soldiers that fought that conflict were on two-year national service. Um, yes. So we're showing the weapons, the equipment, and telling some stories of the experiences uh, of the people and just getting that out there because people don't know about that. And that was a conflict that lasted twice as long as the Second World War. Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, it features quite largely in my household because of yes. uh, Anna, Annabelle's grandfather was a man called General Sir Walter Walker, and he was part of that. And so, it's a very we, big part of that. Goes yeah, a big yeah. part of it. Yeah. Let's, I just want to go back to just this um, this idea that it's how much of your life it takes up just to start to wrap up now in terms of you know the reenactment you said that you know it's a lifestyle choice it's not a hobby um yeah. i mean how often are you i mean you you're a married man correct yes and, and, and fortunately have, my wife is also a reenactor she's, she's here is she here to she's here not as a reenactor this year she serves a music uh, she serves a festival volunteer who reenacted first you or her her so you, oh so uh, she, she got me into it and what did you, what did she start being a reenactor? Um, we were both interested in the Walls of the Roses. I was uh, interested in the Longbow Archery. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I turned up for the Pretty Girl with the Longbow. I stayed for the catering. Yeah, okay. You know, um, but uh, she, we, we met at an archery club where I, I noticed there was only other one. There, there was only other one other longbowman in the room and it was a girl and it was a pretty one. Yeah. And uh, and then we we got talking. We ended up going out a couple of times, and she'd just joined the reenactment group. She said, "Why, why don't you come and come along and join?" And I said, "Well, frankly, they're on the wrong side of the walls of the roses." So, so this is it. So, how often are you reenacting? Um, probably... You've got five days a week your job. Yeah. Are you um, reenacting every weekend? Foreign field terms. Foreign field. We'll do. We'll do probably about twelve events a year. Um. And then I'm a member of another reenactment group, more traditional style of reenactment group called the Buckingham's Retinue. It's 15th right, okay. century, which were here last year. Uh, Becky's also a member of that group. That will probably, they will have about eight or nine events a year, of which I'll probably go to about three of them. So you don't have to go to absolutely everything that your group's going to. So you are probably looking at me doing it more than once on some months. Okay, and what's the kind of, I mean, this is a tabloidy, bitchy question, what's the politics like amongst all the groups and the reenactors? You're here at a um, festival like this, there are a lot of reenacting groups turning up, and, and uh, do you all rub up the right way, or is there a sort of fight between the Egypt, oh, e Egyptians and, and, no. and, and, and the Soviet army or whatever? Well, what you'll tend to find is that reenactment groups of different periods are all fine working with each other and together at various multi-period events and things like that. I can see where this is going. There is an awful lot of politics in reenactment. 
just as there is in academia, just as yeah. there is in uh, absolutely yeah. anything else. Yeah. Do you, you get any hobby? Amateur dramatics filled with it. So if yeah. you're in the same so, period, then that's when it becomes difficult. Yes. It becomes difficult because when you look at it, it's an entire almost industry based around egos and soon, sooner or later those egos are going to clash and again going back to our point where we said you know how do you become a reenactor you go and join a group that will probably not be the group that you stay with Ooh. and that was this is like a football but, transfer yeah uh, I mean Buckingham's Retinue was the fourth group I joined uh, as, a, as a medieval reenactor until I found somewhere that was just doing what I wanted to do and the style that I wanted to do it and uh, and there you go where I was going to enjoy it so these reenactment groups are made up of groups of people you're not going to get on with everybody you know and so there's nothing wrong with going do you know what this this bit isn't for me but those people over there they okay. might be and then it turns out that well actually no they're not and then and eventually you will find where you settle in where what you've got is a is, is a large group of friends that are all interested in the same things that you are and then you go away and spend your weekends in some of the prettiest historic locations going. It's a 15th century reenactor. We keep getting hired by castles. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I get yeah. that. I get that. Maybe. Yeah, they, they approach us for English heritage membership. We just go where medieval reenactors will go. Move along. We you yes, should do 19th century Parisian brothels. Next. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that uh, I, I'm, I'm going to have another pint, but you can't have another pint. Why is that? Uh, you, what, what are you going to do now? Uh, we, are, we are performing in... What, in half an hour? Uh, we are performing in 40 minutes uh, our show Eat Knuckles Fritz, which is uh, World War Two unarmed combat and the teachings of Fairburn oh, and Sykes. That is, a, that, that is a good one. And you're going to be doing that for the rest of the, the week? The week here, yeah, all I mean, all, all throughout this week, we've got a whole range of shows covering wealth Perfect. and period yeah. of history. Okay, so um, we're going to wrap up now. I'm going to get another pint. You're going to go do your job. Um, yeah, and I'll come back for another part. Come back for another, oh, yeah. will you now? Oh, hell yeah. Is that on me, is it? <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and so, just quickly tell um, people, I mean, uh, people will be listening to this well after the festival's ended, but if they want to get hold of you, your Twitter account is... Uh, for the group, it's at Foreign Field LHG, which stands for Living, Living History, History. Group. So at Foreign Field LHG. And do you have a personal Twitter uh, account? Personal one, uh, Paul Bavel, uh, at Paul Bavel, P A V I W L. Excellent, and, and there's the, a website and a YouTube channel. Yeah, we've got uh, I mean, the YouTube channel. If you just go onto YouTube and search for Foreign Field Living History, you will find us, or it's uh, youtube.com Foreign Field LHG. And we have the podcast at History Rage on Twitter. And uh, yeah, for, that's good. And all these things I'll put up on the Substack, so you can just click on them as well. Yeah, and come Brilliant. and follow us around the country. I think the next event that we're doing after here is we're doing the Chelsea History Festival in September. That's come around again already, right? Yeah, okay, that yeah, has. Yeah. And then in the uh, it's Halloween weekend, we are down at RAF Cosford, the RAF Museum, and that's uh, for Play Your Own Cuban Missile Crisis for the 60th anniversary. Is of, that what uh, you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> obviously. So, obviously. Hell yeah. Who wouldn't? Okay. <laughs> let's do that. Okay, I'm up for that. Paul, thank you very much. Um, I've got a little bit of, of, of IPA to drain. You've got a little bit. Of... Cheers, pal. Cheers. See you. Thank you. Thank you.